This episode is brought to you by Progressive, where customers who save by switching their home and car save nearly $800 on average. Quote at Progressive.com. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. National average 12-month savings of $793 by new customers surveyed who saved with Progressive between June 2021 and May 2022. Potential savings will vary. Hi, I'm Ryan LaPlante, and I'm one of the crazy founders of Dumb Dumbs and Dice, the production company that's made the video you're watching or the podcast you're listening to right now. Now, we're clearly busy. We're producing five weekly podcasts, Dumb Dumbs and Dragons, Blood and Syrup, The Mythos Mysteries, Warhammer 40,000, The Valentine Heresy, and Curse Code and Crown, as well as three event podcasts with miniseries releases scheduled at random intervals, Dumb Scum and Villainy, One Shots, and the bad movie review show, Garbage Town the Movie Podcast. But we want to take this time to invite you to become a part of our company and a part of our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. You can get access to our Discord, access to exclusive DM and character chats. You can get the chance to name characters in our shows. You can even become a recurring NPC and hear yourself interacting with our characters each week through the voice of Tom. You can become a patron for as little as $1, and there's great value for you at even that level. So please, join the Dum Dums and Dice family and help us make even more content Content in a way that you are guaranteed to love. That's patreon.com slash dumdumdice. D-U-M-B-D-U-M-B-D-I-C-E. So let's do something dumb together, and thanks for being part of our stories. I am Executron, god of merchandising, and I came into existence because Dum Dums and Dice has its own merchandise. That's a god pod, get it? Dice? Merchandise? Anyways, you can get t-shirts, hoodies, spiral notebooks, clocks, wall art, throw pillows, bags, and even stickers emblazoned with your favorite Dum Dums and Dice characters and their catchphrases. Go to redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. One more time for the mortals in the back, redbubble.com slash people slash Dum Dum Dice. Get your merch Dice today. Welcome back, initiates, to the Mythos Mysteries, a live play Pulp Cthulhu podcast where improvisers and comedians venture into dangers beyond their wildest imaginings. I am H.P. Helmfirth, your host on this journey into darkness. For mystery punchers barely survived their battle with the king in yellow. Red is terribly wounded, but swore immediate revenge and wanted to attack their enemies. Richter gave Adrian a pep talk to help repair his relationship with his former boss, and Adrian was promised that they wouldn't go anywhere until he agreed to their plan. So venture forth with us, dear friends, into the mythos. Minus a few members, it is somewhat like old times as the mystery punchers sit down around a table to hash out a plan. Red, uh, you are you are aching both for revenge and from pain, uh, and your quest to uh, finally uh, confront uh, Montgomery Greaves, uh, the mayor of uh, of Helmfirth. Uh, I almost said Pawnee because I've been watching an awful lot of Parks and Rec, and that would have been a fucking disaster. <laughs> um, but uh, it's uh, 
You've been yeah, wanting they won't to punch... rename Helmfirth to Pawnee for another 30 years. Dun, dun, dun! Uh, no, man, that that town's got a dark history that they allude to constantly. I'm like, <laughs> I want to go there. Um, but... Um, <laughs> You'll uh, never guess who the fish monster turns out to be. <laughs> <laughs> Hello, I'm Ron Swanson. I've been living underwater for quite some time. <laughs> um, fuck, man, I'd watch it. I'd watch any more of that content I could get my hands on. Um, so... Uh, you've been wanting to punch some answers out of the mayor and that seems to be kind of top of mind for you. Richter, um, you have been, uh, your mind has been captivated by uh, Haster, the one who shall be not be, the one who shall not be named, uh, the avatar of which appears to be uh, the king in yellow, uh, who has disappeared. And um, of course, uh, Adrian, uh, you're very concerned that Red's going to get herself killed. Uh, you also want to know where the fuck your donkeys are uh, because uh, you left them with Wackadoo Willie, who you are also highly suspicious of and have been kind of wanting to check in on. In addition to all the other things Adrian is tracking, such as, uh, you know, various unsolved mysteries that he he cares a lot about. And- oh, the fish person. I got to get yeah. that fish person. Um, Nobody cares about the fish person, but Adrian. Yeah. That and Wackadoo Willie has his donkeys. Though he saw creepy stuff, but failed every check, so I think he still just thinks Wackadoo Willie is his friend. He's just worried he, as a hobo, he might not be able to look after donkeys. These <laughs> he are still has unsettling memories, but he got mm-hmm. one over. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I'm really uh, pleased that, like, I genuinely don't remember what the donkeys actually were, and please don't tell me, so it'll come as a surprise. <laughs> totally fair. Have my word. I should also point <laughs> out that. Um, uh, Miles was like hella cranky the first time I called Ripley a poog. We definitely <laughs> both called her a poog the other day, just completely say, unwarranted. Uh, it will so. it will haunt you now. That's what Freddie and I like. Laura and I started calling Freddie that all the time. So well, we've been calling Ripley a snarfy pooch for like forever, and now yeah. she's also a snarfy poog. It's good. It builds. Uh, one day I'll get myself some donkeys, and it'll be dope. Um, okay, so um, the three of you are seated around. Um, a table in Helmforth Curiosities. You, you, this is the table you, you've you've had a few encounters on. It's it's a little bit worse for the wear. Um, but again, the shop is uh, immaculate now uh, in a way that's deeply unsettling to Richter because that's not what a curiosity shop is supposed to look like. Also, the time spent organizing it could have been spent studying it. So this is a fucking waste. Um, but, you know, Nazis. <laughs> They'll ruin everything you like. Um so uh, you're seated around the table. Um, Richter, uh, do you think you would serve beverages? Would there be like tea? I know like Red's, Red's on the, the whiskey train pretty hard and I believe told everyone to have a, a goddamn drink uh, at the end of the last episode, which seems like 10 years ago in in human yeah. out of game time, um, oh, yeah. but was probably two weeks ago for you, dear listeners. Um, uh, three glasses of tap water coming up. Oh, um, yeah. The good yeah. stuff. Oh, yeah. Uh, three distinctly different glasses of tap water. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Um, so uh, you've got your tap water, um, red. Uh, you've got whiskey. Um, you and Adrian are still kind of sitting in intense silence. Um, but if there's one thing that's always brought the uh, the mystery punchers together, it's making a good plan. Yes. So, my friends, I've told you what I know about what you want to do. Why don't you tell me what you actually want to do and how you'd like to try and do it? Okay, so I'm thinking we just lay here for like a month and then Red will feel so much better that we can go and do the mayor however. I appreciate your concern, Adrian, and I promise that we are not going to go and storm the mayor's house right this minute, but a month is too long. Who knows what kind of 
damage, whatever that thing was that is now in the sewer system can wreak on this town. We don't, they are planning something very bad. We know it's a, this. It's a king in yellow. That is what that creature is called. Okay, fine. The king in yellow, thank you, is planning something. They're all planning something. And I, I just, you're going to have to trust me on this one, gentlemen. I have a feeling that it's going to happen sooner rather than later. So I will take, I promise, I will take some time that I am not on death's metaphorical door. However, I think we should plan ahead for how we intend on getting in the mayor's house. Now, the way I do see this is we have three options ahead of us. We can shoot our way in, we can sneak our way in, or Richter can provide us with some kind of magical nonsense from this shop that can somehow get us in unseen. And frankly, I am impartial. I don't think we've ever sneaked good. We got caught everywhere, every time, so maybe not sneak? We seem to be reasonably uh, stealthy. Uh, it is only when people talk to us that uh, complications uh, arise. If we had some way to be so sneaky that we did not have to interact with another person at all, that would be ideal, I think. Yes, no speaking to police officers, I believe is what you're saying. Do you have like a no no talking mirror? Yeah, yeah, I I do actually. But since this place has been tidied up, I cannot find it for the life of me. This (laughs) organization is not at all the way I would orient this store. Okay, so we shoot our way in? I mean, that's generally how I always preferred to do it in Boston. But you always said we shouldn't go and shoot all of the police. But I... From my memory, his house is guarded by gangsters, not necessarily... You have to understand that the, the, the security of this town has been taken over by this gangster... I mean, the last time we went, it was police, though. So, and isn't the gangster the chief of police? That doesn't not make him a bad gangster. So we can shoot all the police, even though you said then when we had a birthday party, all the police would come and I would have to go live in a box. I don't know, Adrian. I I don't know how much they have sunk their tendrils into the regular police of this town. I would uh, err on the side of caution and assume that much of Helmforth's infrastructure has been compromised by these people. Yeah, from uh, most of your um, sort of observations to this point, um, the uh, Donnie Splinter's mobsters have pretty much since he became the chief of police have pretty much taken over and if you'll recall um the police the former police chief uh who was no friend of yours certainly um was quite um angry and upset uh, about uh about all this so um yeah it's safe to assume that the remaining cops are hella corrupt uh because if they did stay they stayed knowing they were working for a mobster great so in my experience People who choose to stay on the side of, you know what, I'm going to call it evil at this point. 
deserve what's coming to them. Now, I will say, Adrian, to your concerns, having an all-out shootout with a bunch of evil cops might not be the best thing for our health. So what I might propose is we do our best to sneak in and avoid people, but shoot if necessary. So you're promising that they won't come and ruin my birthday party? If they try, honey, I will end them. Okay. So, we're green. We try to sneak in, and if we can't, we take care of them with other methods. Is the mayor's home where he is most vulnerable? I can't um, say... One oh. uh, one detail you, you did gather, uh, I believe, upon returning to Helmfirth, and if not, I'll just give it to you as a freebie, because it's been so long I can't remember whether I told you or not. <laughs> Um, is that uh, in the time since uh, you left uh, the mayor and since the mayor's uh, office was blown up uh, by uh, persons unknown, uh, a.k.a. Wackadoo Willie, um, he has become a recluse. Uh, he's no longer seen around town and is, uh, has kind of holed himself self up Howard Hughes style in his mansion. Okay. But he has not been uh, he's not been seen on the streets of Helmforth in some time. I have a feeling he's laying low until whatever plan he's working on gets accomplished. I think he probably understands that he has people who rightly do not appreciate what he's doing. Or he's yeah. just a coward. Red Which... Red told me that people are the most vulnerable when they're going to the bathroom. Cause then they're always surprised when you kick in the door. It's true. Uh, it is uh, the uh, American phrase, how to say, uh, catching them with their pants down. Yeah? Yeah. Yes. Yeah. yeah. A lot yeah. of the time they don't have their gun. Because it's down on the floor with their pants. I see. I see. <laughs> Always take your gun to the bathroom. Wait, Richter, do you take your pants all the way off to go poo like me? People say it's weird. When I go numbers by, yeah. <laughs> I, I love you, Grandpa. Why wouldn't I? When I go number five. <laughs> Top notch, sir. Top notch. <laughs> um, okay. So um, we have a rough plan. Uh, you're going to attempt to sneak into the, the mayor's residence uh, and attack him. Red, um, and we need to roll for luck in a second because I know you're all really hurting for that. Um, but Red, uh, I will say if you take uh, three days worth of rest, um, I'll let you get back up to half HP. I want to stress, though, um, and there's no real rule for this. So we're playing a little bit of Calvin Ball, but <laughs> might as well have been the subtitle of the show from the start. Um, <laughs> you will be a very, very vulnerable half health. So I don't want you to think about this as like, hey, I'm feeling great. I took three days off. It's kind of um, like me after an emergency coffee where I'm like, okay, we're awake. But like, we're not good we're kind of twitchy a little bit pale and kind of feel hollow like all life has been drained from us so you're you're on on that that kind of like um still very badly injured and i got it i i will say that uh any damage will be magnified okay um, as a result yeah that makes sense but i think weirdly even though this is obviously a meta thing i think this is you kind of like when red is kind of self diagnosing how much 
hurt she's in. It's the kind of thing where it's like, okay, this is bad, but I bet in three days I'll be good enough to do this. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Cool. Yeah. Okay, so I think we should wait a month and then we can go then. Adrian, I will give us three days. Okay. And then he turns to Grandpa Richard. He's like, I don't know what's wrong with Red. Every month is only three days. <laughs> ah, well, okay. We are we are 60 episodes deep, and I am still somehow astounded and yep. delighted every time one of those drops. Yep. If you go back to, like, episode one, every time they asked Adrian to count, he could only count to three. It's one of my notes. He thinks every number oh is three. Oh, my God. God. Well done. Good work, buddy. Good, good re- reincorporation. Man, that'd be like if Car Twitter showed up right now. Just a good old fashioned callback. I look left and right to ensure Car Twitter is not in my house. Um, <laughs> great. So, Richter, um, you basically, with this plan in mind, uh, and I'll say this is true for all of you, with the exception of Red. Red, you're very limited in what you can do in those three days. This is very much like a, a sit there and be angry that you can't do anything. Uh, but the Adrian and Richter, that does mean you have three days. Adrian, given the way you've been talking recently, it would seem to me that in all likelihood, you wouldn't really want to let Red out of your sight for too long in case she Correct. goes um, after the mayor. Um, or if something dangerous happens to her, which I think is also his fear while she's like recuperating. Of course, of course yeah. yeah. Um, and as we established, like injured Red is still a very new mode for, for both of you. This isn't something... Like, it's different from being, like, shot in the shoulder on your way out of a crime scene, as would happen prior to this, to be like, oh, I'm... (laughs) Oh, she cut her hand on broken Um, glass. Yeah, a monster tried to lay eggs in my stomach, and then a nuke went off, so I'm kind of rough today, Uh, is a bit of a different vibe. Uh, That said, Richter, um, you've got three days, and uh, you're hailing in good health. Uh, Also, there's no fucking way you would stick around to watch these two. That's just not not a, a Richter thing to do. And I recall you'd wanted to do some research and to do some investigation. So how do you Always. think you would spend your three days? Um, I'm trying to... I think Haster mm-hmm. being mentioned by the King in Yellow is new information. And yes. I think in the moment, I tried to kind of mental Rolodex, like call forth information. But I think... Given the time, I should research uh, Haster to mm. see if that helps us in any way. Um, now, the I can't remember what they call what we called them the Gotham Syndicate, the Gotham Crown, uh, the Gotham Crown, yeah. the Gotham Crown. Um, sorry, I'm part recapping and also part like just making sure I've got this yep, right. Yeah, yeah, the I'm Gotham you, Crown. Um, we we believe that the mayor is an asset to the Gotham Crown. Uh, you know for a fact that he is. We know that for a fact uh, yeah. that he is. Okay. So I can give you a quick rundown on that if you'd like, because it has been been a hot second just of what you know, or do you want to recap it yourself and I'll just correct you if you miss anything? Uh, I just, yeah, I, I think I just want to... <coughs> sure, yeah, yeah. <coughs> Sorry, walk, walk me through your process. Apologies. So, yeah, the Gotham Crown has deployed, um, I can't remember his name, Jesus, uh, the uh, mayor. Montgomery Greaves. Montgomery Greaves, thank you. Uh, to become the mayor, and he's brought basically like a core team. One of them is like an architect. Mm-hmm. Another one is a gangster for the police force. And I think there was a third one. I can't remember. Um, a third uh, uh, second in command kind of. Oh, character. it was Montgomery Greaves because it was the robot guy that was going to be mayor. Yes. But he okay. died. Yeah, and then Rick, Rick Chen was the architect. Rick yeah. Chen was the architect. Yeah. yeah. So and, uh, Greaves got upgraded, and the other two are still yeah. theoretically okay. involved. Okay. 
Um, Almost like that was the plan all along. (laughs) Um, And they are trying to bring forth or summon forth or revive the one who waits in the dark. Uh, The betrayed one, uh, Croatoa. All these different names, which is different from Hester and the king in yellow, right? That is correct. Um, you're not entirely certain if summoning the Croatoan is, in fact, uh, the Gotham Crown's goal. Okay. It's certainly what the Croatoan wants, based on my dream. The Croatoan wants to come back, it would seem. Yes. An exact revenge on those who the- wronged the Croatoan. The one piece so- that's missing right now... Uh, Ryan, you, you go ahead. I was going to say, the Croatoan is the demon that's theoretically inside our friend, little Sally, in that weird torture scenario, right? Yes. In theory. In theory. Yeah, that's I mean, our theory. Yes. That's not fact. That's yeah. our theory. Yeah. Um what so the the only piece that and, and understandably again, this this is like a weird nuanced piece that we haven't necessarily directly addressed, but I think it'll just save some time uh to to go over it in this way. Um so you know that Gotham Crown is here. Gotham Crown is definitely trying to summon something. Rick Chen is currently um, uh, Montgomery Greaves, if you'll recall, is um, uh, sort of like a, a property magnet, uh, like a sort of a land developer uh, who seems to have noticed um, quite a bit of potential in Helmfirth. Um, and Rick Chen is in the process of creating what looked to be a bunch of kind of um, vaguely, uh, oh shit, I can't remember the name of the, the mad architect from Ghostbusters, that kind of thing, like basically building almost temples or, or PowerPoints on ley lines. So you're able to etch all that out uh, on the map a while back. Um, so Evo Shandor, thank Sorry. you. Shandor. <laughs> I no, I know I watched it happen. And honestly, I would have spent the time, but as the keeper, I, it would be irresponsible for me to just lean on my, my ghostbusters nerd for five minutes. Ivor Shandor. Thank you so much. So, um, you know that they're trying to summon something. Uh, it was fair to infer that they are trying to summon the crow Toan. Um, as that seems to be what Pastor Michael Thomas was summoning. However, in your investigations into the Gotham crown, when you're in, uh, the big apple, um, you start to find that uh, the uh, entombed eye has basically been blacklisted. Um, so Entombed their goals eye, okay. may not be the same as Gotham Crown goals, or they could be. You unfortunately do not have an answer to that as of yet. Okay. So given that Father Thomas basically has appeared at both events where highly supernatural shit has taken place in the town of Helmfirth, Richter is going to research any kind of bridging material between that, whether Hester and uh, Croatoan oppose each other, mm-hmm. are connected in any way um, in direct opposition to each other or like in tandem with each other or anything like that. Just where where do these two circles kind of sure. come together okay. in a Venn diagram? Great. Um, so go ahead and roll me a... Um, why don't we do best of three... We'll do an occult check, a library use check, and what would the third one be? Maybe a, a mythos check? Straight up our, our slowly building mythos. Yeah, I know that one's a low low score for you, but I think we'll, we'll do best of three on, on those. Okay. Just to see I'm how I'm going to roll mythos get. first. Sure. Dum-dums and dice would like to welcome you into a world of darkness and vampires with Blood and Syrup, a Vampire the Masquerade live play podcast. Featuring Ryan LaPlante as the gangster Ridley Beef, Tyler Hewitt as the conflicted detective Everett Fry, and Megan Miles as the poet Iris Dunn, with storyteller Tom McGee. 
join these newly turned vampires as they try to take control of Montreal. But all is not as it seems, and as their humanity slowly slips away, they are forced into increasingly dangerous situations as the streets of the city run red with blood and sticky with syrup. Abandon hope, all ye who listen here. New episodes available weekly. Ah, ah, ah. I rolled under my target, so that's a success. Hey, you know, all those sanity checks are paying off, bud. Well, I'm I'm at 11 out of 50, so <laughs> something's got to give soon. Um, let's do occult next. Where are you, occult? There we go. Wow, I rolled high, but that's still under. That's a success. So two regular successes so far on each one. And the last one was library use. Yep. Uh, regular successes across the board. Amazing. Um, this does remind me we ought to deal with luck now. Uh, as you were rolling those, I realized I perhaps robbed you of a chance to to succeed. And uh, you know, you just did it. You just did it, <laughs> bud. With with actual human luck rather yeah. than magic Outside of the game, game luck, yeah. luck. But let's yeah. deal with your magic game luck. Um, so you're going to roll uh, a standard check. You are trying to get under uh, your... I think maybe it's over. Sorry, one sec. I actually have it's, it bookmarked. It's, it's, it's under. under. Okay, I can't. You want to roll a D100? Uh, oh, wait. If it's over, sorry. If it's over your current luck, you add 2D10 plus 10 because you want to roll over because the idea is that you score more. Uh, if it's equal or less than your current luck, you add 1D10 plus 5. So can I roll 2D10 plus 10 because my luck is zero? That is correct. Yeah, then you automatically would. You can't roll it. under yeah. it. Yeah. You and me both, buddy. Is everybody doing this or just... Uh, yep, everyone. Uh, it's okay. the start of the session thing. And again, keeping in mind that the way we're conceiving of sessions, uh, it's not like... It's the, the the natural end of an arc. So this is the yeah. gain your luck back from the end of uh, yeah. King in Yellow. Okay, so I rolled over, so I roll 1d10 plus 10. Uh, if you rolled over, you roll 2d10 plus 10. Yeah, you recover Ooh. more. This is the one time you want to fail. <laughs> uh, That's right. Tom, at the, at the risk of... Um, uh, asking too much of your generosity um, during my three-day period of uh, study, uh, we don't yet know the results of what that yields. Mm. But does that act of uh, reading up on stuff, yeah, buddy. the mental reprieve, it as well? sure does. Super. Yeah. Oh, and Tom, I think during these three days, Adrian will have a side project, but we'll come to that after this interest. Mm. Okay. Excellent. Yeah. Yeah. So, um... just like a soapbox car, just <laughs> you push me just... down the hill. <laughs> I invented computers. <laughs> um, so, um, yeah, Claire, you can bump yourself up to half health. Yep. Um, a fragile half health, but half health, nevertheless. I'm half health and half luck now. I mean, is there a better metaphor for 2020, 2021 living? God. Um, okay, great. Um, so you've all regained some luck. Um, and yes, um, Tyler, you're absolutely correct. This would count for some sanity because you're, you're doing the thing you love. Um, so do you need the rules for that? I imagine. Uh, I'm afraid I do. Oh, it's all good, man. I got to yawn like four times anyway. So this really, you're, you're, you're doing, doing good for me and doing good for you. Uh, we also haven't got a chance to recover sanity in a fucking age. So this is nice. Um, yeah. While I'm looking this up, uh, Ryan, do you want to tell us what uh, Adrian's side hustle is? 
Yeah, so Adrian has been in the back room of Richter's shop, like looking at Red through the door. And then I feel like for her, it's almost that like cartoon thing of hearing like clanging, like construction sounds and not knowing what's going on. Seeing like sparks and things. Yeah, yeah. It's very much the sounds that you would get in like the first Warcraft when you were building farms. Oh, yeah. Good pull. Yeah. Uh, And at the end of the three days, uh, he he basically reveals when they're ready to go on their mission uh, that he has taken his damaged armor of King Arthur uh, and improvised repairs to it so he can sneak and be a hero uh, in full knight armor that also has clearly had like weird steel dinner plates attached to it like it looks way more kitchen themed than its original form did but he gets stabbed so many times does it go over the tux or is he very much like halloween costume over the snow suit kind of um it goes over the suit but his jacket has okay. been like ripped jacket just so the jacket is over that thing i think it's <laughs> like when he when he put it on it worked and then he moved his arms once so the arms yeah. are just tatters so he has fire and then he like, put his hands down and he just hear pop 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 as all the stitches come yeah, out it was yeah. the ta-da awesome. moment <laughs> i was gonna say adrian like please don't make me tell you to not wear this because it's not stealthy like please have a jacket that fits over it <laughs> i don't want to break his sweet sweet heart I don't know. I like. I don't know about how the armor, like, obviously protects your chest. But is there enough where the bow tie just kind of sneaks out up over? Well, yeah, because it would have that like gorget, which is like the oh, okay. V around the neck to drive things away. So you can like tie it around, and it just sits neatly. Oh, perfect. Neck protector. Okay. Uh. Excellent. Fantastic. Uh, do you think there would be a top hat in your store, Richter? Uh, not for like sale. Just like one of my hats would be a top hat. Oh, perfect. Then he yeah. also has a top hat that will that will sit on top of his helmet. Like he'll have he'll have like torn through the brims that he has a knight's helm with like no face shield. I don't think it's just the helm part of it, and then it's got a top hat jammed on it, so he looks fancy. Nice. So we're just nixing this whole stealth thing, right? <laughs> well, again, I, if we're stealthy enough, That's no true. one will see it. I was gonna say <laughs> no one will see the outrageous outfit. <laughs> Him in an outfit is not <laughs> any less stealthy than him just in a tuxedo. I'm, he's I'm, a train wreck. I'm super into this. I'm just. <laughs> <laughs> oh no, he's the worst. I'm aware. Yeah. <laughs> All right, so Tyler, um, you're going to need to roll a sanity check, and if you succeed, you gain a bunch back. Okay. Hmm. So I rolled uh, way over, so that would be con- traditionally a fail. I didn't roll under my sanity. Yeah, yeah, okay. Uh, so, unfortunately, that means that um, you're... You're, uh, you're less sane. You, you yeah, get yeah worse. actually, you lose one point and uh, you gain a thing. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. oh, no. And you were worried about the knight's armor. Wait until Grandpa comes home with a new condition. Yeah. <laughs> I come back from the library with answers. More answers to <laughs> more answers than you thought imaginable. Remember answers to questions an, not yet asked. Remember when he thought he was an action hero that time at the church? I do. Now he has to like his condition is like he has to shout everything. Yeah, <laughs> yeah he has uh, to yell his internal monologue. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tyler, um, do you have a D twenty handy by chance? Yeah. Can I just give it a roll? Yeah, please. Fourteen. Fourteen team. And Luna has claimed. The official position. You don't oh, have to worry fuck, about your chair anymore. This is some good news bears for you. Um, you gain uh, uh, an insane talent, um, which is uh, from your your continued exposure to the mythos and kind of leaning into it. And I think 
again going from like is all of this like i believe all of this is real but it's all beneath the surface to like oh no this is just a day now like you know it's like when uh jay is watching uh like as soon as he finds out aliens are in new york and then he just stands on the street corner he's like oh fucking of course aliens are in new york um please be close up magic oh sadly no no it's one he'll actually like uh he's so dexterous i know um so tyler you gain uh insane understanding oh i get it now uh the hero's player may ask the keeper a question about the plot what is the enemy doing what does the enemy hope to achieve by what is the best thing that we could hope to thwart the enemy's plans what is its greatest weakness should be quite specific and i should answer it honestly it can only be used once and then it is lost this could not work better for this Uh, this Okay, I'm going to say Claire and I can't help. Tyler, you got the God yeah. question, but it's on you. Yeah. yeah. So as you're as you're you're looking through the books and everything else, um, you kind of almost fall into a Zen state. Um, uh, your mind kind of is is full of everything, and and uh, you know as fragmented as as your memory has been, more and more of it's been coming back. But also more importantly, the last kind of lingering doubts you had are gone. Uh, not only do you have an understanding of the occult, but with your growing understanding of the mythos, you also can kind of like, your intuition is kicking in as well. The more you come to understand it, the less you have to struggle to try and figure out what's up. Um, and all of this leads to a moment of absolute clarity. What would you like to ask? I think it's only fair that this was in the course of me researching Hester and uh, uh, Crocodile. Croatoa, yeah. That I should I should limit my scope to that. It would be nice to be like, <clears throat> what's the secret password to get into like the mayor's house or something like that. But um, I think what I will ask, <clears throat> um, I think I will ask. Um, What happened to Croatoan? Interesting. All right. Uh, <laughs> you're going to find this out in a couple episodes, but I guess we can just oh, do this. Man. Like, I mean, if you've got like a story that you're trying to tell, uh, I this guess, is better. Right? That's, this is, okay. this is, no, no, no. It's totally fine. Um, no, the dice said no story. Now Tom just gives facts. <laughs> Don't get rid of this, Tyler. It's the only time I'll ever get a clear. Yeah, here, here's some bullet points for you. Croatoa, uh oh, monsters, oh shit! There, that's your answer. Uh, it, it turns out a douche bro was on the other end of the phone. Um, okay, <laughs> Tom's so, secretly been an idiot the whole time. <laughs> you guys want to go watch some Dane Cook sketch? Uh, um, okay, so um, Richter, as you're you're looking through the Helmforth Library, um, you finally find. Um, uh, uh, a book that isn't filed and this to you s- stands out like a sore thumb uh, because as a firm believer in the Dewey Decimal System which I sincerely hope had been invented by this point maybe it wasn't but in that case like the weird fucking write your name on a card system who the fuck knows um, this thing stands out uh, similar to finding the Ring VHS in a blockbuster it's just real fucking odd um, so naturally uh, you pick it up and um, immediately uh, a chill um, sort of falls over your, your body uh, as you do so, as you, your fingers press uh, into um, the cover uh, and you know somehow without a doubt that this is flesh. Um, and as you, you draw uh, the book out, um, you see a face stretched across it. 
um, and what seems to be a, um, a an uh, unnecessarily ornate latch. Um, but as you pull it off the shelf um, and kind of look at the stretched face, uh, the latch pops off. Uh, and you immediately take it to your favorite part of the library. Where is your favorite part to read in the Helmforth? We actually haven't talked about what the Helmforth Library is like. Um, Tyler, what do you think the Helmforth Library is like? I think, given the general size of the town, it's it's two floors. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, one floor is like general, uh, not general, but it's like it's the majority of the popular genres and and books are all there kind of thing and then underneath that are like archives <clears throat> and i think that's it i think it's a like a fairly large floor like a floor plan like a large square footage but it's it's a ground floor and a basement i think um and there is a um i think just because of Richter's kind uh, general antisocial nature. I think there is an agreement between him and the librarian or maybe a custodial staff hmm. that he has a little desk and a lamp downstairs in the archives that he can sit at mm. um, instead of one of the larger like reading tables where oh, like, like people can like look over your shoulder or be like, hey, what are you reading? Just like shit that Richter would not be going in for. Like if he's going to the library, it's for important things you're not there to talk or anything like that so yes in the in the in the dark archives just lit by one desk lamp um in a a somewhat comfy sort of office chair okay amazing um so you settle into this chair that you've settled into countless times before sometimes with benny sometimes alone um and unlike times gone by where it was stacks of newspapers or history books that had obscure references that always felt a little bit out of place. Um, you can tell that the tome in your hands has actual answers. Um, and as you, you place it down, um, the cover flips open on its own. And um, in uh, an immaculate um, hand drawn clearly in, in on quill, um, you see the words... Necronomicon ex mortis. And then in brackets, the true history of this accursed town by H.P. Helmfirth. And upon turning the page, you learn the dark secret of the Croatoan. This episode of the Mythos Mysteries features the voices of Ryan LaPlante at the Ryan LaPlante on Twitter, Tyler Hewitt at Tyler underscore Hewitt on Twitter, Claire Blackwood at Claire Blackwood on Twitter, and Keeper Tom McGee at McGeeTD on Twitter. This episode's sound was edited and mixed by Laura Hamstra. And the Mythos Mysteries show logo was created by Decapitated Marker. At Decapitated Marker on Twitter, that's M-R-K-R. Our theme songs are Dark Alleys and Sentinel by Kai Engel. And our ads use the tracks No Control and Chiefs by Jazzar. J-A-H-Z-Z-A-R. 
and all of their music is available at freemusicarchive.org. When it comes to Dum Dums and Dice, you can visit our website at dumdumdice.com. Our Twitter and Instagram are Dum Dum Dice, and on Facebook at facebook.com slash dumdumdice. We have merchandise available at redbubble.com slash people slash dumdumdice. And most importantly, you can join our Patreon at patreon.com slash dumdumdice. That's D-U-M-B, D-U-M-B, D-I-C-E. All hail the mythos. Dum Dums and Dice has to give a special thank you to the supreme beings of our Patreon at this time. Christian Manicola, Long Long, The Half-Blind Prophet, James Quayar, Charles Grams, Christopher Little, Sue One, George Dolby, One True Artistry, Orion Birchfield, Lord Abradovic, Noel Lewis, Scott Garland, Anthony Griffin, Jordan Neesmith, Benjamin V., Gavin and Abby McDonald, Taryn Hefner, Cade Peters, Richard Cranium, Christian Mendez, Anna Zed, and Jill and Noel Laplante. If you want your name to be added to this list, you can join our Patreon too at patreon.com slash dice. Thanks to them, and a little bit of thanks to you. The Fable and Folly Network, where fiction producers flourish. Sure I can't get you a drink? Uh, I, um... They'd had a moment, hadn't they? That afternoon when Garrett had smiled just like this, warm-eyed and amused in a way that made Tony want another cigarette, but also want to step forward and... Hey, Kate, what are you writing? Ah! New text post on Thursday, May 21st. Title... Why you should be watching Selkirk. So, Selkirk fandom, who wants to read my 5,000-word essay, Garrett, last name, Secret Werewolf? I'm Kate, by the way. They kissed? I think I lucked out when I found Selkirk. Because if I'd loved something else, I would have made friends. And I would have been able to read a ton of great stories. But this way, I met you. Me and Day You, a new story about love and fandom from the Procyon Podcast Network.